Good morning. Am I on here? Okay. Uh, thank you, Joel. That was excellent. Uh, that, that, I agree. I don't consider that too often either. either so good reminder. Well, let me open up in a word of prayer as well. Father, I pray that you would be glorified right now and uh, not me, not my words, but Father, your words and your spirit be going forth. Uh, Father, I pray that you would be um, convicting us, each one, that uh, that you would be conforming us more to your image. And uh, so I just thank you that we can come to you. I thank you that we have your word. I thank you that we can gather together and for the freedom we have in that. And uh, But above all else, Father, we thank you for you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. I think Joel introduced me. My name is Tim McKibben, and um, so glad to be here today. Glad that uh, not everyone's already left for the wedding. Um, so my topic is on a little thing a few months ago, just felt like out of the blue, I had this thought, I am not made for me. And I'm like, well, yeah, okay, let's move on. Because that's obvious, right? You know, I mean, what do you... If you're a maker, do you make something for itself? You make something for a purpose, for another. And, but it came back and it's like, well, is that how you act? Do you live like you were not made for you? And I had to answer, no, not really. I may be giving, I may, I, I may reach out, I, and um, I may serve the Lord, I may serve a person, but it's, it's in a reach out and then return to my natural of for me. How do we change that? And should we change it maybe is a question too. But I want to start with a, a little uh, silly story, um, mostly hypothetical, but the true part is I really did get this hammer when I was about 15. And that's a really great hammer. It's an east wing. It's a nice framing hammer. You know, you can really drive a nail with that. And, uh, but having dinner, um, you, you know, you have what you get something new, whether it's a tool or, or something else, you think it's for everything, right? You're like, oh, this is the best. I'm going to do everything with it. And so I'm eating dinner. And by the time I figure out how to get my steak stabbed and up where I can take a bite off of it, of course, I broke the plate. And someone tells me, that is not what that was made for. And so later, I'm in a keyboarding class and, you know, and uh, I'm getting those keys pretty good. And two or three keyboards later, teacher tells me, that is not what that was made for. And I got a 16 penny nail. I got two boards that need to stay together and tap, tap and drive that thing home. And I realized that's what that was made for. Now, silly story, and, and we definitely have things in life that uh, are sometimes even better at the things they weren't made for. But to the point of the story, what were we made for? And while I'm focusing on myself, I hope you're not sitting here thinking, well, what was, what was Tim made for? Yeah, don't, don't worry about me, okay? What were you made for? You were not made for yourself. So if we want to know about being made, great place to start would be Genesis 1. So um, I'm not doing slides. So if you want to turn with me, I think that's a great habit of jumping into the words yourself. And then you know if I'm telling you the truth, which is also a good thing to check. You know, some of the best lessons I've had are when I've disagreed with someone who was teaching me, whether it's through a book or in person. It's like, no, that's, that's not what the word says. 
oh, sure enough, it does. And that lesson sticks with me better. So I'm happy if you disagree with me. Just go to the word with it. Uh, okay. Genesis 6, 26 through 30. Then God said, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over the cattle and over all the earth and over the creeping things that creep on the earth. Fun note, there's only a few times that God refers to himself in the plural, where we get to see him speaking to himself in the Trinity. And he says, let us make him in our image. Uh, so, it's not necessarily relevant, but it's fun. Also, a, a point to clarify, right? There's several times in the Bible where it can be a little bit tricky to go, it says man, did it mean men, male, you know, or is it mankind? And I think as we read in, we can very easily say this, this is mankind. Let's make mankind in our image, according to our likeness, Right? Going into 27, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Um, I'm sorry, I didn't actually want to go through 30. Just 26 and 27. So that's, what, four times that he says image or likeness. And I think most Christians start out with this and going, okay, God's clearly a biped and has 10 fingers, 10 toes, right? Um, but what's this? male and female, like, doesn't God know that we're kind of different? And for that matter, doesn't he know that Jason and I are look kind of different? Like, what's what's this likeness? Did he mess up when he did creation? And hopefully we we quickly get to a place where we go, he wasn't talking a, a physical likeness because it actually says Jesus, when he came, manifested as a man, not that he already looked like that. So, these were visual words that were used to describe something deeper. And that's going to be my main point today is to um, get to what is this image and, and what is it really and not, not a physical. So going from there, I took it, okay, God's triune, right? We have Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and together they are one. And we have this three parts as well. We have a physical part. We have our mind, um, heart, and and soul, which are, are, the Bible actually puts together and uses those words interchangeably, which is confusing to me. And then we have something called spirit, which is even more confusing. But we have these three parts, and God has three parts, so that must be what he meant, because when you look at animals, they don't have a spirit, so there's no three parts, so that must be it. And that was kind of a working model for me for a long time, even though it's kind of weak, because the individual aspects of God, the Son, for instance, is his own personality, even though he's in likeness of the Father, he says so. Um, he has a full personality in himself. Our body is not a full person personality. Our, our, um, our mind and um, spirit, that comes the closest, mind and uh, soul, that comes the closest, but it doesn't have a physical. And so, is that really that likeness? And uh, I'm going to attribute Tad for this. It might have been someone I was reading, like D.L. Moody, but we'll give Tad credit anyways because he deserves it because I wouldn't have read D.L. Moody anyways, if not for him. So it came up to me that this likeness is not a physical thing. It's not have to do with 
uh, any three parts kind of issue that it has to do with um, what's core to him. And what's core to him is his character. And so a little uh, story to, because that, that's sometimes not obvious right away. If I said, you told me about a book and I said, oh yeah, I read a book just like that. You'd say, really? It was 12 inches by this way and eight inches by this way and red and this thick? <laughs> no, I said it was like that. What did I mean? Right? The content was alike. Um, in the same way, Tad taught a class and I read a book that I was like, oh, that book was just like that class. Was it a Saturday morning book? No, the content, the heart of it was the same. So let's go on to, uh, to, to prove this point. Um, when, when Moses wanted to know more of God, when he wanted, he said, what are your ways? He said, what's your glory? If you talk to a man and say, you know, what's your glory? We're going to talk about something we built. We're going to talk about our physical strength. We're going to be talking about something we accomplished. And God has plenty of those things he could have shown off, but that's not what he went to. That's not what he went to show off. He says, show me your ways. And he goes to his character. Now I'm going to pause again here. These are a lot of interruptions. I want to, uh, so <laughs> go really bunny trail here. Tad's been, been instructing me. So even when I teach, it's how, how, do, how do you teach better? And uh, he told me last time, you had some great points, but you can't have 12 main points. It's too much. So I, I took his advice. I'm learning, I'm growing, and I'm only going to have 11 today. <laughs> no, I'm going for one. We'll see if I can actually do that good. One main one. But this is a side point. Okay, so it doesn't count against my main point limit. Um, early on when I'd hear Tad teach, I'm like, really? The love of God again? Really? God's character? And if, if I could be me sitting in the room right now and hearing this other guy come up, I'd be going, seriously? Like, I thought we were going to get a break because someone else would teach something different uh, instead of trying to do the same thing. And so... Well, that, that's not going to be my whole, whole focus. I want to say, when we talk about the character of God and the love of God, if your heart doesn't just feel this warmth, if, if you don't feel like sunshine on you in a cold day, which is a bad analogy right now, sunshine doesn't sound great, a cool wind, but that doesn't quite work right. If, if that's not what comes to you, then you're still not getting the character of God and the love of God. And that was the case for me as I, as I felt that. I was like, well... We should stick out with this church a little bit because I don't feel like I could teach that. So maybe we should hear the lesson a few more times until finally I got the lesson enough to where I went, um, oh, he's going to talk about love again? Oh, this is awesome. Um, Tad brought up, he talked about talking about God's character and I felt like, oh, just tell me more. That's what it should be. The, the, the knowledge of God, the closeness with him. So, silly example to that, um, maybe this is a little too far back for some, but, uh, but I grew up watching Lion King, right? Now, I'll blame it more on my brother. He was the one that liked to watch that about six times a day. But do you remember the scene with the, um, 
the hyenas, right? There was the the king lion Mufasa, and and he he represents a strong and good ruler, and the hyenas kind of represent this evil faction, and and they've been chased off by by this um, ruling lion, and they were talking about him, and and one of them just brings up his name Mufasa, and one <laughs> he gets these shivers, right? And he's like, do it again, do it again, because repeating that there was such power in it that gave him a physical reaction now again this is a bad example because his reaction was out of fear right because he's, he's afraid because of his power and, and yet god is that amazing power but that power is turned towards us in love and so anyways i just want to encourage you that as you go seriously again listen again listen again until until it's it's just the delight of your life to hear again about god's love so obviously i'm going to turn to exodus 34 6 and i'm not going to hang out here long but um which in itself is a real shame so if you'll turn as well as exodus 34 6 remember what i'm trying to prove here the image of god and I'm going to come to the New Testament and say again why I think we can say this is the image that we're created in. But I want to look at this from, from our perspective and say, is this how I'm operating? Have I been, am I, am I working from this image that he's created me in? Okay. So Yahweh passed by in front of him and proclaimed, Yahweh, Yahweh, God, compassionate and gracious. So just stopping there, is that made for me? Right? If if I'm like him, made in his image, is being compassionate have to do with being made with me? Compassionate is for others. Gracious is for others. It's it's selflessness, it's giving. Uh slow to anger. Well, anger usually has to do with me and He's slow to anger. He's abounding in hesed. Um, I'm going to pause here for a minute and give a, a shout out to the class that Joel was talking about, Character of God. We're going to spend 12 weeks um, talking mostly about breaking down these two verses, six and seven, particularly six. And even that, you're going, really? 12 weeks on one verse? Even that is is not enough. Um and like, I feel so remiss going through this quickly, but let it only be a, a taste and a hunger to, to learn more of this. Um, that class, it truly, it's life-changing. It's, if you have a great brand new um, career to start or take this class, forget that career. You can come to that later. I, I'm not joking, guys. This, this is a difference in your life. Um, because when you know a God who's compassionate, who sees your hurt and is moved in his guts, have you ever had that? You, you, you see a situation and you're like, oh, I feel like I got kicked because I, I hurt for that. I, I want to see a change there. I want to see better for that person. And then you can accept that that is God's heart for you. He sees your need and feels hurt in the gut that he has to do something to change because this is a burden on him. He's driven to see life for you. But guys, I got to move on because that's not the main point here. Oh, man. Abounding in loving kindness. We'll spend some time on that. That word is hesed. And I translate, I think loving kindness I, I feels weak to me. Um, 
I translate it, um, uh, um, not abundant, um, overwhelming generosity. So abounding in overwhelming generosity. It, it's this generosity that's like, like there'd have been this level of like, wow, that's generous. And he goes, that was step one. Here's some more. And we're going to spend some time going through what does that actually look like and how is that proved out and where do we see that the example of that. Um, okay, now is generosity about me? It's, a, it's about giving to others. We, we see that's God's heart to give to others. And truth is, um, again, pretty weak, the words emit, and is more that this is, it, it's faith. You sometimes see it translate faithfulness. It's that he's doing this ongoing. This isn't like me, a one moment of a little bit of compassion, a one moment of a little bit of generosity. It's ongoing. It's his nature. Loving kindness that comes from for thousands, that comes for others, not for me. Forgiving is for others, not for me. Well, forgiveness actually benefits ourselves as well, but because it's giving. Um. And boy, yeah, we could spend just tons of time there, but I got to move on. I put a timer up here, so we, we'll try to get done before the wedding. Um, okay, we talked about Mufasa. So I guess I'm coming back to, to again, does that, does that move you thinking about God's character? Because maybe a disturbing thought, if that doesn't delight you, heaven is not something to look forward to. Heaven is about being close to the Lord and his character and his love, his compassion. And we, 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 heaven just means a good thing to us, but um, it's not good unless God is good. And so I, I just, again, if that doesn't just excite you and you want to come to the class just to hear it again, then you definitely need to be at the class to, to help um, write your thinking to the Lord. But let's, let's jump to um, New Testament. We're going to go to Colossians 1. Colossians 1.15. And I'm going to back up just a hair because it starts out with he. And let's make sure we know who the he is. In 13, it says, for he, this he is God the Father. For he rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of light of his beloved son. So that kind of helps give us context. Now, son was the focus. In him, son, we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Now we're ready to start 15, knowing who he is. That's Jesus. So Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. So we see, again, we used image used for the father Jesus coming, manifesting as a man, does not look like the greatness of the infinite Father, right? But he does in character. When the disciples say, just show us, it'll be enough, just show us a Father, he says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Again, he's not talking about whether you had a beard or not. And going into 16, for by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on the earth, visible and invisible, whether in thrones or dominions or authorities or all things. So we, we, we sometimes we get distracted by the adjectives, 
we have two line or a line there that's just saying all things, right? So let's skip it just so that we uh, make sure we have the flow. For in him, all things were created. Some description on all things. Uh, and, or, and they were all created through him. And here's a real key to our question of who was I? What was I created for, if not for me? For him, right? We're still in Jesus. All things are created through him and for him. So if I'm living my day sometimes doing for him, sometimes doing for others, but I was created for him, I'm being like that hammer. Um, oh, shoot, the baby in the back reminded me I was going to wrap that up with I was going to change a diaper with a hammer and parents thought that wasn't cool. But um, <laughs> um, by the way, that was the hypothetical part. I didn't break a plate. I didn't. Okay. Um Now I distracted myself. We, uh, we are made for him. We're made for Jesus. And we are made in his image. Um, now, if you want to hang out, then hang out in Colossians 1, because we're going to move to Colossians 3, so we're going to end and spend a little more time. But I'm going to hop through some others. If you want to follow along, that's great, but I'm going to be a little faster. Uh, in Matthew 22, 37 through 40, Let's get some pictures. If we're created in him for him, what kind of instructions did he give us? What does for him look like? And this is where there was a, a dialogue between him and uh, a rich young man. And, and Jesus challenges him asking, uh, what's the greatest command? Uh, no, I'm sorry. I'm actually the wrong place. This is somewhere where um, it's the other way around. This is Jesus answering. Same idea. Um, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. That is the greatest and foremost commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depends the whole law and the prophets. So Jesus says the greatest thing is love yourself. Do what feels good. Hope you know I'm saying what's wrong to point out a difference. I love to do that with my kids. I'll be reading a Bible story and I'll put wrong things in there. Like, Papa, it doesn't say that. Good. That's because they're making sure they're learning. So, so these greatest commands weren't things for me. They were things for me to give out because I wasn't made for me. I was made to love God. And with all of myself, I was made to love my neighbor. Now there's a first piece, a little piece of me. It says, as myself, right? So I, I should take care of others as myself. I want to touch on the meaning of love really quick because it's one to me that I actually, I went to a mentor going, I, I don't know if I love someone. And he started asking me some questions. He's like, well, then, then you love him. And I'm going, well, wait a minute. What, how? Because basically I didn't really know what love was, right? We could list a lot of songs that would tell us they don't know either, or they do know, and most of the wrong. So I actually spent some time trying to study that out for myself. And when I came to a conclusion, three days later, Ted did a sermon and came to the same conclusion, but added more to us. So I'm going to give you the more fuller version. Um, the, the, the key piece, though, is love is the desire for someone's good. Okay? But it doesn't stop there. Because if we just have a desire, we can do bad for them because we did it badly. We, 
we wanted their good. We wanted the good of uh, an, um, someone who really wants alcohol. And so we gave them alcohol. Well, that was not love because it wasn't effective for their good. Our desire might have been there, but we need to do it with wisdom so that we affect good. And um, so then when you look through, there's a lot of places in the Bible where it talks love is patient, love is kind. Um, you'll see that that's where that is the result of, um, of love, not the definition of itself. So if I love God, I desire his good. If I love others, I desire their good. I act towards that with wisdom. And we know from James, we get wisdom from God by asking, and he's faithful to give that to us. Again, I'm not for myself. I spent longer in Matthew than I meant to. I better hurry along. Luke 12, 31. And Jesus says, seek his kingdom and all these things will be added to you. So we have needs, and that's actually what the whole chapter before this has been talking about. You have needs, and we had a, a, a rich man who was being prosperous, and he was boasting in that, and he stored up, and he died, and it's all gone. Found out that his worrying about his own needs were worthless. And in heaven, it was what he'd done for others, what he'd done for God that was his treasure, and he lost out on that because he was worried about his own. We go into just simply uh, taking care of ourselves, and God said he blessed Jesus, particularly in here, said he clothed the field in lilies more splendidly than he clothed Solomon, the most prosperous, wise king in the, in the past. So he, he's building this point of, I will take care of you. You is my problem. For, for, for us, sorry, I'm doing a little change around between who I'm speaking, whose uh, position I'm speaking from, but for us, we are to be caring for others and doing God's will. He said, then caring for you is my thing. So seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. And any of these verses, if, if you want uh, further, as I said, these are not cherry picked like I'm trying to say, um, take, take a verse out of place. So please read the surrounding. It's great. I just don't have time. Um. Last instructions for Jesus. You know, we, we heard a greatest commandment. What's the last thing he instructed in Matthew 28, 19 through 20? He said, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. These weren't things of how to do for yourself, how to do for others. Baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded. And lo, I am with you always, in the, um, even to the end of the age. Again, he wraps up with this piece of, I'll be with you. You're, you're good. You're in my hands. You do for others. You go make disciples. Um, Ephesians 2.10, for we are in his workmanships created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would not, uh, so that we would walk in them. Uh, I'm on time. Um, Matthew 10, 38 through 42. So again, should I worry about me? And he said, who does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. That has been a verse I've struggled with at different times going, well, what, what does it mean to take up my cross? Is that, am I supposed to take up suffering? Am I supposed to take up, right? Well, here's the neat thing. Read on and it kind of answers the question. 
For who has found his life will lose it, and who has lost his life for my sake will find it. So, is he talking about just only if you're willing to die, if, if you die? Well, another place, um, this is recorded, and he says, take up your cross daily. So, I don't think he's talking about physically dying every day. He's talking about dying to yourself, remembering that you weren't created for you. Put you aside. If you find, in your prayer phrase over here, if you have found yourself and your greatest life and all that is for you, you will lose it. Just like that rich man, that rich man who stored up for himself. And he who has given up everything of himself, what's important to him, for my sake, will find true life. That's Tim's paraphrase. Um, Colossians. Okay, so now I told you we're coming back to Colossians. We're just going to forward to um, chapter three, and we'll spend a little more time here. And having put on the new self, uh, okay, so again, we need to back up just a hair. Um, well, we shouldn't lie to another. That's not my, part of my point. I just want to not start in the middle of a sentence. Do not lie to one another since you laid aside the old self with its evil practices and have put on the new self who is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. So now we're back to that, that image, right? So we saw we were created in his image. And what does that image look like? It's his character. Well, we're going to prove that out a little bit more here. We see that Jesus was in his image and he had that same character of his father. Okay, so reading on in 11, a renewal in which there is no distinction. This is going to be another one of those where we're just going to say all in several words. Uh, no distinction between uh, Greeks and Jews, circumcised and uncircumcised to them. That If you got both of those, you got everybody. Barbarians, Scythians, slave or free, but Christ is in all, uh, but Christ is all and in all. So as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion. Oh, that sounds familiar, doesn't it? Beginning of 34.6 and God, God describing himself, compassion, kindness, humility. Now, humility wasn't in there, but there's a difference in our response, little us, how we respond to one another. And then, right, should God be humble? No, he is who he is. Now, said Jesus humbled himself in coming as a man, but our response to him needs to be in humility. Um, so it's still holding in likeness here. Gentleness and patience, bearing with one another, forgiving each other. Whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also you should. Uh, so also should you, which is a difficult way to say that. Again, none of these were about me and how I'm made for me. It's all how I am made to, to be moved for others' needs, to show kindness, to limit myself. That's, that's the humility. That's, that's a lesson myself uh, or, or not think so much of myself. Someone once said, humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less, meaning don't worry about how great, how little, how helpless, how whatever else you are. Humility is, don't worry about that. God is great. 
Um, so, so all of these in, in talking about how we are um, renewed in his image are all about how we love God, serve God, how we love and serve others. And so these really, these really hit me and said, and, and I wish I could tell you that from the time this first came up, I've been a new man and I've been all about others and God. Yeah, that would be awesome. Uh, I can't. Um, so this has been as much a lesson for me because going and preparing to talk about it is um, it has drawn me deeper into these these thoughts and really being able to prove it out in the word and not just my own thoughts. Um, now it's pretty safe to say when you have thoughts that come into your mind that are selfless and caring for others and loving. Those probably didn't come from the devil. They also probably didn't come from you, right? This is the spirit moving in you and refining you. And, um, but we can still get some crazy notions. So we, it's, we want to go to the word and, and see it there. So hopefully that makes a, a clear picture of what is it to be made in God's image? What are we made for? We are made for Christ. We are made for loving God and loving others. We have descriptions in here in what doing that looks like. Actually, if you go a little bit earlier in chapter three, we have some, um, some don'ts and it looks exactly the opposite of this. These are the things of yourself to not be. Um, So, an, an interesting thing, I feel like I should have a Bible. I study on my computer. So like, and the Word of God, um, the interesting thing is we, we often think that we need to hold up the Bible to others and say, look, you need to be like God. And when we do that, I think what the world sees is a marionette a fake. A marionette is when you have like a cardboard cutout and you hold it in front of yourself. Actors did this once upon a time and um, you, you'd go through the play holding up this marionette and right. It, it's a fake of who's really there. We hold up the Bible and says, you should be like this. I don't think that's what God wanted us to do because that piece of paper is passing my aluminum computer with all its silicone is passing. What holds is God's word, which is not the piece of paper. And that image was meant to be created in us. We shouldn't be holding up the Bible. We should be conforming ourselves to the Bible. And then we become that image of God held up to others. Um, but that's a lot easier to say than to do. The first place is just to recognize I'm not made for me. Well, that one was easy. But then to bring that down to that, that level of, of where I operate from and, and saying, uh, operating from a place of what you're not is, doesn't work, right? It, it's good to help you see the difference, but we need to operate from a place of what we are. So we are created in his image. We frailed that. We screwed that up. So set that aside. But we see here, Jesus redeemed us and renewed us and is renewing us to a true knowledge. Back to verse 10 here. 
to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. So even in failing that being created in his image, he is redeeming and, and renewing us to that image. Um, so how do we, we walk that out? Um, first, we have to see what that image is. And that's, again, why I'm, I'm pushing the character of God. We, we've heard that if you've been in this church for very long. But, but many have heard it and, and believe that it's true for others. Uh, but not for themselves. And so you've got to internalize that and realize that it's his nature, not just how he is sometimes. It's his nature for you. Because we, we can't just be this image if we don't think it came from him. Love is, is beyond us um, in ourselves. We have to get that from him. We have to know that we are loved to really be able to return it. Otherwise, we're constantly trying to protect our hearts. Um, so, I'm really not sure if this was for any of you, but it's been a huge blessing for me to to recover to to uh, marinate in this. And um, but I, I just want to encourage you to really take some time. We're gonna have a song here in just a minute, and um, take some time and and say, God, is this how I live? Is that how I see you? And what do you want to say to me right now? What do you want to show me? Maybe it's not the obvious. Maybe it's not exactly what I've been saying. Um, perhaps it's, a, it's an aspect that um, you understood that he was compassionate, but could you believe he's, he's forgiving? Maybe you believe he's forgiving, but is he generous? Um, and then are you reflecting that well? Are you reflecting his character? And, and what is he calling you? Uh, to um, to change that. Uh, just really recently, I got like this image of of God's Spirit is on us, and it's probably because I've been watching a lot of carpentry type videos, and we need to cut out around that. And it's all these extra things that that don't fit that same shape. Remember, kind of the marionette. So I've got this marionette of, of God. The spirit is in me, but I've got some elbows sticking out and a fat head because I'm prideful. And, and those are out of the way, you know? So I was actually picturing this as a, as, a, as a wheel. Who knows what's going on in my head? And how can a wheel turn when it's got extra stuff sticking out? It goes, doo -doo, doo -doo, doo -doo, right? And so he created us to be something and, and he's put his spirit in us. And he wants to take away those edges that are out of the way. So we immediately think to sin, but actually what he's been pointing out to me is just things that weren't sinful, they were just a waste. Um, because we, we constantly have things coming into ourselves, um, advertising, even when it's not from an advertiser. We, we constantly have inputs. What that input is shapes our thoughts. We're, we are very... Um, respond and act the way by what's put in. So, but what we can control is what's put in. So I've been listening to some D.L. Moody. Boy, that's, that's some good input. Um, uh, of course, scripture, some sermons. Uh, times when I had some free time, I, I like YouTube shorts. But while even when I can find things aren't bad, they weren't feeding um, the, the good. And so they were still 
that loose arm sticking out of this wheel and making it flop every time it went around. So seek the Lord. What are these areas that, that you want to speak to me? And um, after our song, Jason's going to come up and, and will lead us in a, in a time of prayer. If, if the Lord's putting something on your heart that you need to get right with him. Um, I, I feel like that's sometimes it feels awkward. Sometimes it feels long. And I confess my heart's not always right during that time, but I, I think it's been a huge blessing. It's been a change in our, our church that that's really a good thing that, that keeps our mind on what is God saying to me? And um, so, yeah, Jason's going to sing a song and, oh, right. You're going to get the mic. Okay. Um, play a song. Maybe we'll, we'll take him off the spot. Um, Jason's going to play a song for us, but after that, he'll, he'll come up. So, Seeing worship, but also be seeing, seeking the Lord. What are you saying to me? What does this message have nothing to do to, with, with me, and I just wasted some time? Or how did you want me to be different? Um. So uh, I'm going to say a, a, a prayer, and uh, and we'll do that. Oh, Father, help us to delight in your character, and that uh, just like a child wanting to be like his dad, that we are like that. We see you, we see your goodness, and we have a hope because you called us your children and you long to, to shape us as you, Father. Just make that a burning passion in our hearts, Father. And if anybody goes, I, I desire that desire, but I don't have it. I completely understand and have been there, Father. And, and I just pray that we know that you're faithful. And when, you cry, when we cry out to you and we give all to you, you're faithful to come and, and make that adjustment in our heart and, and give us new life and bring water to the dry ground that is our soul, Father. And um, just each, each person, each of us, Father, myself and Jason included, that you would be um, continuing to refine, Father, if there's something right now that you want us to, uh, to seek prayer on, um, that put that on our hearts and guide us that we would know and that we would follow willingly. Father, give us courage. And um, I just thank you for everyone being here today. And, uh, and I too would pray for the time of fellowship. That is, that's a beautiful time as well. Uh, and so that we don't feel a condemnation either in, in what we're doing. Father, if you'd have us be here in here and praying that we would do that. If you'd have us come up and ask for prayer, we would do that. If you would have us be in a time of fellowship, Father, we can do that with freedom because we know uh, that, that you are leading us. And uh, I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.